Welcome to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with me, Shelley Fischel of Tomorrow's VA and Joe Brianti of JLB Support Solutions. In each episode, we'll chat about what we're up to and bring you fantastic interviews with guest experts, as well as our app of the month and top tips, all aimed at helping you to grow your VA business. So grab a cuppa, sit back and join us for a fun-filled hour. So hi, Joe. Here we are back again with another episode of Virtually Amazing, the podcast. And um, it's getting some great traction. We've had some nice comments on LinkedIn, which is really great to see um, being promoted there, especially since we interviewed Jennifer the other day. And uh, it's just great. So um, I don't know about you, but I've been just dealing with a podcast recently. Is that the same for you? Yeah, it's um, it's just getting so much traction, so much interest. There are so many people that I'm contacting about um, coming and joining us and sharing their expertise with the, the VA community. And then there's all those background tasks that you need to do. So there's the editing, there's the web pages, there's the promotion. There's just so much to do. But it's That's been a fine. great learning exercise for both of us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we, uh, I knew there was a lot of work when I, when I set this up. Um, I had done some research beforehand and, uh, and it is a big learning curve. But yeah. um, as we record, we're going to get slicker and smoother yeah. every time. Uh, definitely. And we've actually taken the opportunity, you may have gathered through some of the other interviews, that we've been using the lockdown period to book out slots and record our guest interviews while people are... Um, working remotely, working from home, and maybe have more time in their day to to pop in and, and have a, a wee chat with us. So we hope that everybody is is taking heart from this, and we are wishing everybody well in this difficult time that the world finds itself in at the moment. Uh, where I am in Israel, as I speak today on today's date of recording, recording, it does look like most of our restrictions are going to be lifted because cases are really, really declining, which is fantastic news. So Excellent. we will be able to, to get together with, I'm, I can't wait to see my kids that live uh, about an hour away from here and the grandchildren. It'd be lovely to be able to have a hug. But anyway, um, yeah, so we've been learning about recording the podcast, editing the podcast and creating the, the web page and show notes, etc. for all of that. And, uh, and in fact, um, later on in the series, we've got Sandra... Sarah Busani coming on uh, and she does um, writing as a VA but one of the things she does is create show notes for podcasts as well so perhaps we can talk to her about any tips she might have because obviously as a VA Joe you might get asked in the future by other clients if you can support them with their podcast and you will know firsthand exactly what to do now Absolutely, yeah, and um, it, it's great to learn new technology. You know me, Shelley, any new tool, and I'm right in there to have a little test and play with. Yeah, the, the trouble though, I mean, I'm the same. I love new new toy, new tools and toys online. Uh, I got a new version of Camtasia, which is what I used to record my courses the other day. Camtasia 2020 came out. The problem is that we actually can run after bright shiny objects a lot we can we can get oh, yeah. that shiny object syndrome yes. and then that takes us away from our core business Expertise. and um, i often have to 
stop myself and think, do I really need this shiny toy? Is it going to help my business? Yes. <laughs> to go off and play. Um, I uh, use AppSumo, the site for startups and things, and I've had some really good deals from there. So I do read through, and if uh, Sarah Arrow, who I work with on the blogging side of things and the, and the website side of things, if she recommends something from AppSumo, I generally will get it. But I don't tend to buy everything that's on offer. Uh, but for example, when we were talking the other day about Con uh, Promo Republic, I picked that up on an AppSumo deal, which was amazing because it was lifetime access. And my booking, uh, Book Like a Boss, which is my booking page, so all of our guests will have booked via that, it connects to Zoom, it books in the appointments, connects to my calendar, and it creates a very nice landing page. Um, that was also on a lifetime deal with Book Like a Boss. So sometimes it's good to look out for those deals. Yeah, I like that idea of a huge amount. Yeah. Anyway, we've got Joanne Hawkins coming on to talk with us shortly. And Joanne is the founder of Executive VA. She's also founded the Northern VA Conference. And she knows a huge amount about growing your VA business and working with associates at a very high level. And so I'm really looking forward to chatting with Joanne about how she did that and what she thinks VAs can do to enable them to grow their businesses in such a way. So let's, uh, let's, let's hop off and get Joanne. Welcome Joanne to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants. We're really thrilled to have you with us. And um, tell us a bit about yourself, where you're from, what your business does, and then we've got a few questions for you. Okay, great. Um, so I'm Joanne Hawkins and I'm founder of Executive VPA. Uh, started back in uh, February 2012, so we've just Ooh. celebrated eight years. Um, and um, I came from originally a house building background. I'd been there for about, um, probably about four years. But before that, we lived in Spain. Um, we have our house in, um, in southern Spain. So um, I wanted to set up the business because, well, for a number of reasons, and, and we might get into that later, but initially it was to have something that I could pick up and take away if I wanted to go to Spain, and I could use all my experience and expertise from the 20-odd years before that to, to actually pick up and run a virtual business from wherever I wanted to, especially from, uh, from Spain. Um, so that was really one of the main reasons for setting up um, as a VA business. Um, I did a little bit, had a little bit of an idea um, of what the industry was for, but it was literally only from about the October, November of the year before, and I hadn't even even heard of it before then. Um, but I thought, why not? I thought I felt at the time because I was in house building, we'd been hit quite badly with the recession in 2008, and pretty early. And it made me think that the people that were employed, how I knew how hard in that industry and sector they were having to work, and they got holiday pay, sick pay, redundancy pay, maternity pay. And it really made me feel what are entrepreneurs and business owners feeling like when they haven't got all that support in the background, how hard are they working? And what can I do with my experience to, to make it easier for them to run successful businesses? So that's, that's where it came from. Yeah, that's really interesting because when I moved from being an employed trainer for a training company to go freelance, 
because uh, I started out as just a freelance trainer before I built up a training business. And uh, I was an associate trainer for other training companies. And then I got busy. And a couple of trainers that were employed approached me and said, you know, like, you're always busy. You must be doing really well. You know, how is it? And I said, well, can I do it? And I said, well, you can do it. But are you prepared to work the hours, take every job that comes along at the beginning, because that's what you do, and uh, you've got no holiday pay, no sick pay, no leave, um, no work, no pay. So if you can't deal with that uncertainty and that roller coaster, then it's not for you. But the person that asked me did not jump. She needed that security. Yeah. Yeah. So I totally get that. I totally get that. Yeah. And why did you, Joe Brianti, two Joes, Joe, Joe B, why did you start? What made you start? Um, well, I've, I'm slightly different in that I have been freelance for the majority of my working career. Um, I then had some PAYE work. Um, then I had twins. So I took some time out, um, went back to work when they were about 18 months old. But it really wasn't working with the commute. Um, I was commuting an hour and a half each way. I was spending time with the children and I was just burning out. Um, I took some time out after serious illness and it just wasn't working. It, it really, really wasn't working. And then my childcare collapsed overnight. And um, I had sort of a, a, a just a void where I couldn't work. So I finished that contract virtually and thought, you know what, let's go for it. it it's time to, to do something. And that's how I, I ended up in this guise of, of sort of my self-employment journey. Um, and it, it's evolved over, over the, that period of time. It's, it's a bit like Joanne was saying, you know, and you were saying you take on those jobs and, and it evolves now. Yeah, yeah. So Joanne, when, uh, when you, you set up, um, were you in successful straight away? Did you get lots of clients? Was it a slow build? No, um, definitely a slow build. Um, <laughs> I, I was in a, a quite a fortunate position. Um, the house builder that I was working for, there was a very specific area of the business that I specialised and worked with. And it was around the um, freehold disposals and management company setup and, and maintenance, really. Um, and when I went to move, there was nobody else that did that. Obviously, it had been decimated by... Um, mm. By the, by, the, by the recession. Um, so there was nobody that had stepped in to take that. Nobody really wanted it because it's that tail end of, you know, we just want to build and sell houses. Nobody really wanted to do all of that boring management stuff. So, um, so I approached my uh, boss at the time, the operations director, and said, you know, I am going to leave and, and do this. But there is really only me that does this side of it. So I can provide that on a consultancy basis. So I kind of had my first client in the bag before I left. And I was really fortunate to keep them for probably a good five years, I'd say. A good four to five years. Um, and so many things then I had to throw myself into when I left there. I gave them a good month's notice. But when I left, I had to throw myself into networking, which was totally out of my comfort zone yeah the thought of walking up to somebody and shaking their hand and saying hi my name's joanne what do you do 
I still get that feeling in the pit of my stomach and I just couldn't do it for about two years. It took me a long, long time, but I did network everywhere and as uncomfortable as it was, I did it because I knew that I had to get my face out there and it was so difficult to explain to people what is a virtual assistant and what can they do for you. In the beginning, it was very much about what can we do? And I've learned over time that it's not actually about talking about what can I do and moving away from that transactional side mm. to talk about benefits and to become a, a crucial part of their management team and their business. But it took a long, long time. Um, lots of things took a long time, outsourcing my own things. Um, it must have, in the beginning, took me about two days to write a blog, I swear. A whole two, three days. And I thought... I was stressing, I thought, I can't do it. Um, and in the end, I thought, I just need to outsource it to somebody that can do it. But actually doing that and taking that amount of time really put me in the shoes of what my clients must be going through. Yes. They've taken so long to build this little baby of a business that's theirs. How difficult is that? So I had that experience of understanding what does that feel like and what does that look like to, to have a fear of outsourcing. Um, and that kind of switched, uh, flicked a switch for me, really, that yeah. made me look at things from a different point of view and, yeah. and, and really just putting myself out there, building a reputation, speaking, being present in the community really made a difference. And, and that's where the business went from strength to strength then. Yeah. So how did you come to start working with associates and how did you manage to grow to, to be a bigger, a bigger VA business? Um, so um, back in um, 2014, I attended a conference in the Northeast with Angela Dawson. Um, and I loved the idea of having a conference in, a, in your local area. Um, so I decided in 2014, I think, did we have the first one? Yeah. Oh, 15, we had uh, the first one in the Northwest. Um, and I started to get to know other VAs that were in the Northwest and connected with them through um, a brilliant little group called um, the Northwest VA Hub, as it was then, um, I think it might still be now, run by a couple of lovely ladies and just introduced slowly bits and pieces of, of saying, oh, I've got a little bit of extra work that I haven't got time to do. Could you do this or it's not my skill set? So I very slowly started to introduce an element of, of associate support. And then through the conference, that's enabled me to grow that network of, mm. of associates. So they're all really, the majority of them are people that I've met and that I've met mm. at the conference or I've met down at the PA show in London, or we've met through the VA hub and lots of different elements. And by me going out and growing my reputation, it's attracted more BAs to come to me and say, I believe you do this and I believe you take on associates. I mean, we have a, a quite clear path for them to come in and work with us. Either we go and source them directly or we have a list of preferred associates that we'll work with initially. But really, just from actually being out there and having a little bit of work here and there to do, I've tested associates out and seen what their skill set is and tried to build a relationship with them um, and kind of grow that um, a tribe I suppose we're calling it now a, a tribe of associates mm -hmm. that I trust and they trust me 
Yeah. What's, what kind of skills do you look for? What's, what, if, I mean, I'm not a VA, obviously, but if I was a VA and I came to you and I said, Joanne, have you got any work for me? What would you be saying to me? What would you be looking for from me to work um, with you? So we get um, all, all of the basic things. We all go through all of the, um, all the basic questions like, are you ICO registered? Do you have insurance? Uh, what kind of work have you done before? Can you share some some examples of what you've done, especially if it's, you know, maybe more intricate things like transcription or um, we'll look at their social media and see what their um, kind of what their ethics are really and, and how, how they share. Because relationship for me, either with a client or with an associate, is really, really important. Mm. And I do believe that that should be the foundation of anything that we do because it's really difficult to work with somebody else and trust somebody else on a client level as well. So I've tried to mirror both of those things, really. Yeah. Um, so if it's very specific, I mean, we, we have some random requests from clients. We've recently done some car boot measurements for a client that's building a website so we had uh, two VAs one VA that was doing desktop research um, of um, the item that needs to go in a car boot and then somebody else actually going out and before the, the coronavirus obviously was measuring physically measuring car boots and, and wow. put inputting all that data for them so you know we have to <laughs> We have to kind of get along and, and yeah. they have to be on the same wavelength as me. And um, um, we don't, I don't tend to work with a lot of associates that are outside of my area. Um, right. That's not intentional. It's literally just because I think it's really because I run the Northwest VA conference. So they get to know me and I get to know them and their personality. And do we get along and do we have a, you know, a good relationship? And, and do I see them as being part of my team? Because ultimately, that's what that is what I share and that is my brand that they are a, a crucial part of of my team yeah um, Great. Joe Joe do, do you want to jump in and ask Joanne anything well, well I was just wondering you know um, do you sort of go through any process of, of assessment with your um, your associates, I know you said that you, you check for their sort of compliance with ICO and that sort of thing. Do you go through any sort of assessment or is it purely just on, you know, meeting them and, you know, that sort of thing? Or, um, do you recruit them in before you've got the work or do you go to market for an associate as a piece of work comes in? We do have a we do have a list of ones that we've spoken to before, and mm -hmm. a lot of the ones the ladies that we use, and they are all ladies at the moment. But a lot of the ladies that we use have done something for us before. Right. Yeah. So they're kind of on a, a bit of a preferred list. Right. Um, yeah. And, um, and I do a lot of mentoring with VAs as well, and um, and I'm expanding the product and and um, programs that that I can provide for them through. Um, get it done sessions and and we're going to be doing lots of other things so so there's an element of kind of come along and be a part of that tribe so there right. are people that like I say we've used but you know what we know we don't really do a lot of assessments and I know that quite a few VAs do do that and that is a way but I think for me that it's been more important I've never really had an issue with anybody that has done a rubbish piece of work or um, because we do have that good relationship that it is then easy for me to go back and say, oh, you know, 
I had to have a look at it and, you know, it, it didn't quite, you know, it probably took me longer or, and, and the majority, well, all of my associates have access to the clients. So they all have a one-to-one -one relationship with them as well. And touch wood, I haven't had any problems with that either. Um, so, I, and I make the client aware that we have associates and it won't always be me because I can't do everything. I'm not an expert in everything as they are, which is yeah. part of that relationship building. Um, so I make sure the client knows and the client has access to the associate because if everything had to come through me, I'd never get anything else done. So, so we make sure that that whole, everything is, is, um, relationship. Um, Sorry, Shelley. No, go on, go on. You're, you're a VA. You, you ask a question. A, a, sort of an established contract process with your associates as well. You know, with you sort of saying about touch wood, you've not had any problems between the associate and the client. You have processes to manage all of that. Yeah, definitely. And I have a good team. Um, my daughter works with alongside me as well. So she manages some of that. But I also have a VA that acts as my VA when I need that as well. And she's gone through the whole process of mm. she, she's the one that does the initial calls to find right. out exactly what do they like doing, what are their skills, what are their yeah. expertise, and do all of those compliance checks. Um, so then there's always, it's, it's never just always me. There is a, a very close team of us that, you know, somebody that does the social media, someone that does the blogging, but they're all part of that EVPA team. And, and that's very, very important to me as well yeah that that's that's great i mean i i used to work similarly um with my associate trainers when i had the, the training surgery um i would usually work with trainers who i knew we'd all been associates at other companies so i knew them from there i knew that we all trained in the same way so we all had a similar style and uh, and that was very important and also i was very very keen that they had the relationship with the client because as you say you just can't be the one that filters everything your inbox would never be <laughs> under control ever and things would, would would get lost now i noticed that you're an accredited trainer as well aren't you with is with the society of sva society of virtual assistants and um as a trainer being accredited and having accreditations and giving credit is really important why do you feel for vas that it's really important to have an accreditation or, or go through that process um well this is a bit of a sticky sticky one sticky wicket it is really because even though i am um accredited with society of virtual assistants for the training side i'm not i'm i'm not a massive one for thinking that a va has to be accredited because i because i feel that and I'm probably contradicting myself with being accredited with sva but i feel that it's a kind of, it's a one route and it's, you're accredited by somebody that may think that you run a business a different way than they should run theirs. I think the compliance side is completely different and I do believe that a VA should probably have insurance, should be protected by ICO. If you have anything to do with any bookkeeping and you need to make sure that you're registered with um, MLR and, or, or you comply with the regulations, especially the changes that they got made last year for virtual assistants. So I think those compliance elements are very, very important. For the way that I run my business and the way that I market myself, um, interact with my clients, interact with my associates, I don't feel like I need somebody to tell me 
that's good enough to be accredited. So it doesn't make a difference for me if associates are accredited or not. I would never accredit anybody because same way that I would never look at franchising my business mm. or because I feel that executive VPA is unique and and I don't think that I could replicate that and get I can never get anybody to be Joanne and yeah. to do Joanne yeah. so so probably very much the same that I think it's a very very unique thing to be a VA and and I'm not sure that I would feel comfortable thinking that somebody was saying I needed to run my business or do something a certain way. And I think I think um, I think I asked didn't ask a good question. Oh, I sorry. think I phrased the question wrong. Um, I think that when you are an accredited training provider, it means that somebody has looked at what you provide as a trainer and yeah. said that it's really top notch. Yeah. Um, and I think that if somebody can say they've undertaken training by an accredited trainer it shows that they're investing in themselves and that yes. they're taking their job seriously yes so I, I think that's what I was getting at so I didn't ask the right yes. question yeah so, uh, yes I think that is great yeah and for, for associates that yeah can work with me and to and to do my mentoring sessions or you know or anything like that it's great for them to say oh and I would love that I would love people to say oh I was mentored by Joanne Hawkins and you know and, and because of that I went on to be one of her preferred associates yeah exactly ultimately, yeah ultimately that is really where I'd, I'd love to be and I, and I do want to get to that stage and, yeah. and I'm, I'm sure you will during lockdown I'm working a lot on products and packages and how I can support BAs more so it's, this has given me every silver you know every cloud yeah. silver lining and all that yeah the opportunity to really look at that and see actually you know where do I want to support BAs and how do I want the industry to grow with ultimately getting top-notch associates and, and providing our clients with the best service they can yeah and and i think i think also what what's happening during the time of corona is that a lot of businesses who perhaps thought they couldn't outsource remotely or couldn't work remotely are discovering that hey you know it's not so terrible we yeah. can do this we can cut down our operating expenses we can even if we provide a laptop and a broadband connection and a, and a desk to somebody in their home it's still cheaper than an office exactly. so i think um I think that's going to be a change, maybe not overnight, but oh, no, I think it will be a change. Um, and we wrote a, an article about this last week about being consciously aware. I think it's a really great time for businesses to, obviously businesses are aware of what the what is going on financially for their businesses and what that, they're thinking about what it might look like on the other side. Yeah. Being consciously aware of what, how did we work before what are we actually doing now and how are we getting the best from people and can we carry on some of that to be more financially stable to be more mm. uh, productive to be more financially efficient that it's now time for businesses to take that step back while we're in this strange time to say actually and we're already starting to talk to businesses that are saying i'm not quite sure that i'm going to take back the same amount of staff that i did we're probably going to look at outsourcing. How do we use OneNote? How do we use all these different things? And, and obviously, you're an expert in that. But how do how do we do all of this so that people can continue to work from home? So we're really putting it out to businesses to be consciously aware of what you're doing at the moment. Um, and it will change. 
and this it should be a great time over the next probably 12 to 18 months to see a big rise in VA work and the amount of VAs that um, you know can service clients but going back to your very very original point that you said about um, uh, wanting to set up I get approached by a lot of people especially now receptionists and, and um, people like that saying I think I'm gonna look at doing something virtually I'm gonna come out of it the key is to, to understand the business element of that it's not like being a PA in an office and having yes. support and you know account support and all of that and having holiday pay running a business this is probably the hardest that I've ever ever worked in my and I'm nearly 50 and it's the hardest I've worked in my whole life because running yeah. a business is different than just being a VA yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and uh, and and those new aspiring people that are coming to you and saying I want to be a VA because there must be a lot more of those coming now uh, people who unfortunately are maybe thinking that they won't have a job to go back to or whatever mm -hmm. so so have you got any advice or tips for somebody that's starting to think about it as a career move yeah definitely I mean, I mean speak to as many um, VAs as as they possibly can do that are and I always kind of categorize VAs maybe in two camps that I think we have <clears throat> VAs that first and foremost see themselves as a business owner which is what I do and yeah. Yeah. I just happen to provide all of those operational transactional services or you have VAs that are that want to be a VA and they just happen to have a business because they've got to to promote themselves and people want them to have insurance and you know a proper phone number and a website and things like that so identify really what it is actually that you want to do do you want to see a business owner because that be a business owner because that is way more work than being a, an, a VA that maybe wants to stay at home and work so many hours a week around maybe family commitments and both of them there there is no right or wrong no, no, no. But really look at what life blend do you want what do you actually want to get out of it if you think it's an easier job than being a PA <laughs> probably not <laughs> not if you unless you want to be you know if, if you want to be a VA and maybe an associate VA and work closely with somebody and you know have work for a couple of hours a day or market yourself and you know you don't want to earn a massive amount of money it's really differentiating about mm. what actually is it that you want to get out of it why do you want to be a VA and what is your perception of the VA world so talk to lots of different VAs and maybe some VA trainers and some obviously brilliant ones out there talk to them and say what actually is it like running a VA business it's not about transactional tasks it's about being a part of somebody's business about marketing their business and marketing your business how you build a relationship with them but that very first thing has got to be about why do you actually want to do it and what do you think it is and, and that yeah that's brilliant because I was looking at your website before as all good you know, podcast hosts do we have to investigate their guests. Um, and you've got three whys on your website, which I thought was really interesting. And, yeah. uh, and I'm going to go away and think about putting some whys on my website, actually. So, uh, yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's great. Why, and, that, and that is one of the questions, isn't it? And Simon Sinek, um, yeah. uh, TED Talk, is, is uh, you know, blows it out of the water. But, you know, why, and a client came up with that um, why of the work, home and you it's all encompassing running a VA business is all encompassing there isn't 
you know, you've got to be really strict with yourself if you yeah. have time off and you go on holiday and you don't open your emails. And I probably only got to year six when I didn't do that. And I didn't open my emails on holiday only because I had Pam there that, and, but she still, she would still say, can I ring you two or three times just to check I'm doing everything right. Um, but that having that why and why do you want to wake up every day and do this? Thankfully, after eight years, I still have that. I want to wake up and do this every single yeah. day. Um, and that's really, really important. Yeah, totally. What's your why, Joe? My why, I've got two whys. Um, I had one why when I started the business. She was called Maya and she was three. She was oh. my granddaughter. Um, and now I have a grandson who is five. So they are... They are totally my whys because I get to do this so that my daughter works with me as well. But I get to do this so that I can not work on a Friday afternoon when we go to the jungle play centre and because I can go on holiday with them and I can pay for the things that I can treat them. And my whole focus has been about they're really, really important to me. And I want to I want Naomi to have a life where she can do the same things and go to their sports days and things like that mm. and totally about having it's whole it's all built around my my family and, and what I want to do yeah. I want to be successful and I want to be I'd like to be the go-to VA for VAs in the northwest specifically I want to run the best conference for VAs that I can do in the country um but I want everything to be around building it for them and and whatever they need that's it that's brilliant what about you joe b what's your why (coughs) oh sorry (laughs) Um, i have two boys um 12 years old and it was the collapse of their childcare that that prompted me into this and over my period of time of working in the way I've done as a, as a VA, um, having that freedom to go to the, um, the sports day, the parents' evening, take the Friday afternoon off to pick them up from school and go for pancakes has been absolutely brilliant. And it's, it's really, really challenging and I need challenge. I am a mum that's hugely important but I still need a challenge and I still have goals um, that I want to achieve in my life and my business fills those goals and also there's a challenge about going into somebody else's business and making that better so that they then become successful and then I feel successful when somebody comes back to me and says, do you know, that, that system that you put in place for me has doubled my business. And I had a client do that recently. And that's amazing. That's amazing. They've doubled their business because of a few hours of my time. Yeah. That's a real buzz from that. Yeah. Well, I suppose I should say my why now as, as I'm dishing out the why. Absolutely. Well, I, I, uh, I recently semi-retired. Um, I'm a lot older than both of you. And um, I moved abroad. I moved to Israel in October of last year. And I have grandchildren here. I have a granddaughter in America, a granddaughter in England. We have two more on the way, one in America, one in England. Uh, we have five here. And uh, for me, it's about being able to help VAs get more done in less time. That's my tagline. Because um, over the 
oh, a long time. I've been in business since 2002. So over all that time, I've worked a lot with PAs, executive assistants and VAs, and realized that when they don't know how to use everyday Microsoft Office tools, it's taking them twice, three times as long to get something yeah. done as it needs to. And there are shortcuts, there are different ways of doing things. And uh, I, I still remember, it still gives me goosebumps, having somebody in a one-hour session where I taught her how to use styles in Word, something really basic. But not only that, I taught her how to create a template and apply a template to a document. She was in the NHS. She had to pull in reports from all sorts of researchers about a medicine. And everybody did it in their own way. And she then had to make it conform to the NHS template. Um, when I showed her how to create styles and apply those styles to apply that template to those documents, she almost burst into tears because mm. she said the job used to take nearly a whole day just reformatting all these different reports and it was cut down to about an hour, an hour and a half. And that's, I'm still getting goosebumps thinking about it. And there's a few other examples along the way, but, but that's kind of my why, is helping people be more productive so that they've got more time and, and can get more done as well. And, and I'm a bit nerdy, I like my tech, I like playing with my software um, and just trying to break it and seeing if there's a better way of doing it. So, so that's my why. And, um, and at the moment we can't go anywhere. But uh, when the weather's nice, we live by the seaside, so we can go for a walk along the, along the promenade, and it's fabulous. Wow. Uh, and that's kind of, that's a big why too. And I've, I've wanted to live here for a very long time, so that's another why. So there we go, lots of whys. But it's been an absolute pleasure. Joe B, have you got any other questions for jo Joanne? No, it's been a really illuminating, and do you know, it, it, for a long time, Joanne Hawkins has been a name on the, oh. the circuit, and, and um, you know, I've always known you in, in, attached to the, the, the Northwest Conference, I've never got up there, so it's been a real joy to meet you, even if it's by Zoom and not in person, it's been really lovely to meet oh, you. Thank you yeah. very much, and it always, I think still, whenever either somebody says to me oh someone said that i need to speak to you uh, i still think why just <laughs> why me like, it's a, thank you very much that's very nice thank you no it's, it's lovely and we met at the pa show um back in february just before all of this corona stuff uh, cropped up and i was there speaking and you were there were you speaking as well i think you were uh, i was on the uh, i did two panels you yeah. were, and you knew you were doing something and and our great we have a mutual friend annabelle who's going to be on the podcast later in the week as well so we're so we're using this time of lockdown to get some episodes recorded and, and ready to go out on a, on a weekly schedule later on so it's all it's all good fun and uh thank you ever so much and um Maybe we'll speak again later in the year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Look at okay. it. Do it. Thank you. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Joe. All take right. Care. Take care. Thank take you. care. Let the camera find me. Okay. There we go. Well, Joe, wasn't that a fabulous interview with Joanne Hawkins? Brilliant. It, it was lovely. That's the first time I've met Joe, as I say. Um, but I've seen her name and, and lots about the Northwest um, VA conference. Sad that it's cancelled for this year, but like with all of these big events, we're 
COVID and, you know, connection free this year. Yeah, yeah but they are taking some of it online. So I think that's going to be a really cool event when once they yes. start to advertise that. But yeah. there was so much learning in there for me. I yes. loved, I loved us, us chatting about our whys. That was my favorite bit yeah. of, of the session. But we yeah. were talking to Joanne about, <clears throat> excuse me, about growing your VA business. Yeah. Um, and then we've just been chatting off air before we came back to finish up about how what tools because we need to have a tool tip of the week what kind of tools can you use to help you grow your via business but that's kind of how if you're building a team what can you use for communication making sure you've all got the right documents you've all got access to the same templates you can chat to each other you can message each other you've got task assignments and all that kind of stuff how do you manage all of that so so what tools have you used in the past and then of course you're going to hear from me about the ones that i know well i i've used a wide variety of tools some are dictated by your client if you're an associate some will be decided by your lead va um as examples i've worked with people who've preferred trello i've worked with people who've preferred to use microsoft project that's an area that i have expertise in but i've also used um trello i've also used pipe drive um and there's also integrated systems such as monday where task management and communication are all interlinked each of these tools has their pluses and minuses so as an example if you're using asana that's great for managing your tasks sharing tasks out but it's more difficult to have that communication element. So you need to look at something like WhatsApp or Slack um, or emails. And, and then possibly you're looking at sort of um, different streams of communication. And you need to understand a process and um, how you're going to integrate all of that so that you're not missing mm. different streams. So. There are tools out there where they started to build those kind of all integrated ones. And of course, you know the top one of those. Yep, Microsoft Teams. I talk about it a lot. Yes. Um, and it's become much more popular in the last couple of months, obviously, because of COVID-19. But before that, I was training that into large organizations. So it's evolved as it's evolving from being a corporate tool to being a tool that anybody can use. Yeah. And, and I think that's a great thing. So if you're a corporate and you're working or maybe you're a VA working with a corporate because some of the corporates do um, use outsourced VA services. So with a team, you create a team and it could be project based, it could be task based, it could be department based. Really, it's whatever you can imagine. A team will be made up of channels for communication. So think of those as your communication channels. So think of your team as the building that, that the, the office uh, and the channels are the different floors in the building or the different rooms or the different departments. And then within each channel, you've got a posts area. So that's for messaging and chat generally with everybody in the team. So that's like having a department meeting ongoing all the time. Um, you can have group meetings, you can have video meetings, chat meetings, you can turn a chat into a video, you can share your screen like we do on Zoom. And it does all of those things. 
But the icing on the cake for me is there's also a files section. And there we can store all the files that we need to work on together. Um, it could be all the templates that we want everyone to have access to, or it could be all sorts of other documents that people need. And because it's in the channel, everybody else has access to it, which is fantastic. You haven't got to start sharing it and giving permission and doing any of that. On top of all of that, there's a whole host of extra applications that you can add to a channel or to a team, um, which can enhance the experience like planner. Um, and tasks, tasks and planner are about to combine and I forget for the minute what the new one's going to be called, something in between. And um, it, it, there's all sorts of things. You can add a whiteboard, you can add, you can actually even add Zoom inside of Teams if you really wanted to. So it's hugely powerful um, and I use it in two ways. I use it with you, Joe, because we mentioned yes. the podcast. Yeah. We, we've mentioned it before. So we have a team for the podcast. It's in Tomorrow's VA. So Joe is a guest user at Tomorrow's VA. Joe has access to everything in there. She can get. We, we communicate by the posts, yep. and um, all the files. Our guest list is in there. Our plans are in there. All our recordings end up in there. So everything is in one place, and we can both access whatever we need when we're prepping for an episode we'll put some questions in there who's going to ask which questions what do we want to talk about it's all in the team uh, and then if we need to get together in between times we can get together inside teams to to have that meeting and, and chat about it so i think that's enough banging on people know i'm banging on about teams and that i've got courses on teams um, but uh, you can go and look for those on the website. But, uh, but I think it's a great tool. What it does is it takes all that different communications in one place, as, as you were saying before, Joe. So before, we, we, we might have emailed, we might have WhatsApped, we might have spoken on the phone. Here it's all in one place. What's not to like? It's very easy to, if you're, if you're not focused with one or possibly two channels for communication, it's very easy to miss things, especially as you're growing your business and you may have one, two, three, four, five associates working for you. You need a streamline and you need to enable your team to be communicating together and supervising that as the team manager um, in exactly the same way as if you were in the corporate environment running a team. Exactly, exactly. And that's what Teams does enable. And I think there's a, there's a lot of angst out there um, as far as Teams and Zoom are concerned. So people are saying, well, I can do all my training in Zoom and I've got breakout rooms and I've got whiteboards and I've got this, that and the other. And all of a sudden, they want to use that, replicate that in Teams. And you, and you can. You can replicate most of it in Teams. Uh, but Teams is not, was not built like Zoom for yeah. webinars and those kind of meetings. It's, it's basically a corporate tool that's become adapted, but it does a heck of a lot. Uh, yeah. And you can replicate some of that. So breakout rooms, you could create other channels where you get people to leave the main meeting channel and go into another meeting to do some group work in there. So it is possible to, to replicate that. Um, but they are two distinct animals and they've been built for different purposes. purposes. And I think Absolutely. that's people get confused about that because they, they think they should be the same, but they're not. They're not because Zoom doesn't do half of the other stuff that Teams does. Although I love both. 
I have to yeah. say I do like both. The same as I love my Mac and I love my Windows laptop. So there you go. <laughs> Ambidextrous. Horses. Horses the right for horses. Tool, the right tool for the right job at the right time. Exactly. That's actually what Tristan was saying when we interviewed him the other yes. week, wasn't he? He was saying if you're going to buy a new computer, don't go for the shiny shiny and get the one that everybody says. Get the one that's going to work for the way that you work. And I think that's yeah. really important to think about too. You know, um, and um, when we interviewed Simon about websites, he was also talking about how much of a learning curve do you want yeah. working with any new system? And of course, there's always gonna be a learning curve for yeah. everything. I mean, that, that's why I'm in business anyway. But um, you want the learning curve to be as easy as possible and as flat as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think that's enough for today. It's been yes. a super, super session. Um, I've got lots of things to think about from some of the things that Joanne said. Yes. And um, it's just been such fun today. Yes, brilliant. Some great sessions today and um, great information from Jo. Yeah. What's on your agenda when we go off air? What are you up to next? The first thing I'm going to be doing is going to have a cup of tea. I'm going to um, have some just quiet time with a cup of tea and then um, I'm afraid my desk looks like a bomb has hit it. So I'm going to tidy that up, uh, do my planning for tomorrow, which I always do at the end of the day, and then that's it for the day. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm two hours ahead of you, so it's just gone five o'clock here. So yep. I'm going to also, I'm going to have a cup of tea. The weather's quite nice. So I'm hoping that it'll be warm enough to sit out on the balcony and look at the sea. So that's my plan uh, for this afternoon. And then tomorrow I'm going to be back at editing all these podcasts. Excellent. Take care of yourself this evening and we'll speak again tomorrow. We'll speak tomorrow. Bye, Joe. Bye. There you go. You've been listening to Virtually Amazing, the podcast for virtual assistants with Shelley Fischel and Joe Brianti. We look forward to seeing you or hearing you or you hearing us in the next episode, which is coming very soon.